Podcast that rewatches, reviews, and yes, even responds to every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm one of the hosts, Al Rodriguez. And I'm the other host, Tony Camarena. And today we are finishing our rewind of season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with episode 22, Ascension, which originally premiered on May 17th of 2016. And as always, here's our very vague IMDb summary. In, con- in the conclusion to Absolution, S.H.I.E.L.D. must spring into action to combat Hive. Spring. <gasps> <laughs> now, if Spider-Man showed up, that would be springing into action because he's got, like, jumpy powers. Yeah, that, that makes sense. People don't um, bring up his jumpy powers enough. Yeah, because he can jump, like, almost a tall building, right? Yeah. Leap a, leap a tall building, probably. I mean, close enough, and then he can cling, up, cling to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and using the webs, I'm sure he could like, um, like that. I'm sure that helps. That's yeah. got some uh, some bunginess to it. Yeah, the Sam Raimi movies, the original Spider-Man, talked about his jumping when they combined the Super Spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I had that at the the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, enough with Spider-Man. Let's get to our Agents of Shield. Woohoo! Uh, we begin with Daisy begging Hive to take her back, but uh, they discover that it is impossible. In her despair, Daisy fights Hive. While Daisy should have won the fight, Hive is impervious to pain and damage. He knocks her out after he gets stabbed and crushed. So, we find out that she can no longer be swayed, which I guess technically we found out at the end of the last episode. Right? Yeah, I... Uh... No, because I don't think he tried it the last oh. time. I, I think last week it just ended with her saying, take me back. And okay. that was it. Yeah. yeah. That makes more sense since both of these episodes aired back to back. It would be weird to have the exact same scene twice in like <laughs> 30 seconds. Eh, yeah. yeah. So what do you think is the reason for her not being able to be swayed? Like, do you think it's because of Lash? Like his ability did that? Or do you think it's because... Uh, she was unswayed once, and whatever power uh, Hive has, it, it only works once. Like, they never thought about it having to ha- have to work a second time. Yeah. I honestly think it's probably Lash's power. And I say this because the only thing we know about this way is it works like a drug. And, like, if someone gets off crack, recovers, and then gets more crack, they're not immune to it. at least i don't believe so all right that's true but it's not alien crack you're right you're right we've Um, never tested that one it's true but that makes me think if it's supposed to be like a drug it's most likely lashes powers stopped it from happening again okay that's true then again if we want to go the drug uh route i mean it's it's true about like um, was it like morphine, right? And other amphetamines? You need more as time goes on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think enough time had gone on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, she was only with him for like a couple days. 
Yeah, that's true. Okay. Again, as someone who has little to no experience with any drugs, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know how long it takes, how many hits you need before, well, the next time you need more morphine or heroin or whatever. Okay. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Someday we'll find out. Will we? I'll let you uh, experiment have, with that. I have no idea. I mean, in 30, 50 years, whenever, I don't know how long you plan to live, uh, <laughs> when when someone is trying to frame you for a crime so that they can just have you killed and then take your inheritance. Um, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm, it's like a child or something, like one of your own children. I'm a but, teacher. You know, that's possible. The mm-hmm. odds of me having an inheritance is not very large. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what your wife does. I, I, I feel like I ask you every time it comes up. But <laughs> She's a medical assistant, so not terrible, but not great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so they fight. Mm-hmm. Fight! Um, we get uh, Quake using her superhero, superpowers like really awesomely, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. Like seeing her block with those powers that was awesome yeah yeah it's just like it's a combination between it's the only way possible to make her a better fighter than me she's not a better fighter than me but she's got the powers so she could probably stand up to me at this point oh yeah exactly um i mean hell that was even that happened last season right at the uh like i think it was the second to last episode her and may fought and then may was easily about to win that fight but then uh daisy just used her powers yeah Boo, she cheated. Powers are cheating. <laughs> Gonna turn into into watchdogs. No. Um, and during this fight, uh, Hive does a super flip off a box, and we get superhero land in the number 62 as he lands like Neo. Although, it's more like the, the pose Neo does when he's about to fly, but Hive's not that cool. <laughs> he can't actually fly. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, he's a bunch of little bugs. Maybe he can fly if all the little bugs try to fly at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because whenever he's like using his bug power to take over someone or kill them, they just kind of fly from his hand or from mm-hmm. his mouth or whatever. So, huh? Yeah, maybe that is exactly how that works. Yeah. You think it would leave behind anything? Like, I mean, he has to take <coughs> over a body. So you think he's like, like it would leave behind the like half of a torso or something and the skeleton maybe well no no i don't know i do have questions about his biology uh maybe we'll talk about that later when we see his actual face okay yeah but i am slightly confused (laughs) yeah because there are three forms Uh, all right we'll get into that yeah um is there anything else in this section you want to talk about before we move on uh in this one no all right all right, and then moving on. Gair and James arrive to take Hive and an unconscious Daisy from the shield base. They escape in the Zephyr, but have two stowaways, May and Fitz. They try to get Daisy out, but she refuses to go, thinking she is a liability to the team. While giving an inspirational speech to Daisy, May is knocked out by Gair. Fitz kills him with an invisible gun and gets Daisy out of the containment pod. <clears throat> so... Um, like, the end of last episode, before Daisy came up, Hive was just, like, kind of standing in the Zephyr, 
like confused because of all the memory stuff. Uh-huh. And he's saying he's getting less confused now. And he can use uh, Will and Ward's memories to fly the Zephyr. Uh-huh. Um, we know that Ward never used the Zephyr. And Will, I guess, is reg- used to jets, regular jets. So do you think they'd be able to effectively like fly this plane? Um, I My assumption is that they would be able to figure out the basics yeah um and then just pray they don't need anything else <laughs> <laughs> like so i'm assuming that ward knew how to fly some planes mm-hmm. and there's there's got to be i mean probably not like a standard shield plane stuff but maybe there's a little bit of standard things like oh if you want to turn on the cloaking mode that's usually over here it's yeah. this button um so i i kind of assume that like with Ward, you can kind of figure out like he's got a general understanding of that, and mm. then maybe with just the flat out experience that Will had being in the Air Force, I'm assuming he knew, I don't know, seven different kinds of planes. I don't know how many exist, but at least more than seven, I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, I- I'm assuming that he was able to kind of like you would be able to figure it out, right? Yeah, I'm. That's a question I yeah I could I could actually ask my uncle, who was a pilot in the Air Force back uh, in the early nineties. How many planes are you trained on when you're in the Air Force? Are you just trained on the one that you know you're going to use? Is there like a generic form plane like this will be good to fly every jet we have, or what? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, my former boss uh, at a previous job, his wife like was a pilot for. Uh, like some commercial airline, um, mm-hmm. you know, flying people and all that stuff. And so, like, anytime they'd get a new plane or something, like, she would have to go through, like, a week or more of training just on that plane itself. So, even though I'm sure those are pretty generic, like, I, I, I mean, I, I guess there's, like, I mean, I'm sure there is some are differences, but I, I know I'm going back on the thing I said earlier about being <laughs> able to figure it out, but... I don't know. Maybe maybe it's one of those. It's just needed for certification. Yeah. Um, but Tony, if you're going to be asking your uncle, um, you should have him tell us on Twitter at MCU underscore rewind. Like That's all of our uh, listeners should tell us things when yeah. they're not sure it, hey, about it, something or when they just want to correct us. Yeah, I mean, if any of you listeners know the answer to this, we are desperate for information and we are ignorant. Please help us. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're also still waiting for a doctor to tell us the answer to some question from a few weeks ago. I don't remember what the question was. I just remember we wanted a doctor. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we could have not have aired that episode yet as the time we're recording this. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So uh, May gives an inspirational speech and then uh, gets knocked out by Gaira, right? Uh-huh. And then Fitz is there. Fitz, uh, guy here tells Fitz that he swept the entire plane and couldn't find any bombs that he's talking about. But hindsight being twenty twenty, he didn't swipe, uh, sweep the plane very well because mm-hmm. he did not catch Mayor Fitz. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> um, uh, he just sort of got lucky, I guess, or this was the end of his sweeping. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ha ha. I stopped looking because I found you. 
<laughs> it's always the last place you look. Yeah. In this case, the hangar. Yeah. Or whatever that room is called. I'm not sure. I think... I don't know. Again, Air Force people, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the back with storage and stuff. The trunk. The trunk of the yeah, plane. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that's the right answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and he's probably, like, assuming it's a big bomb, too. Like, I don't know what size bomb it would take to take down a plane like this one, but I get the feeling it can be pretty small. Yeah, especially if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s doing it. They're good at hiding, like, things, making big things tiny. <laughs> exactly. They're also good at making things invisible, like a pistol. Yeah. Um, that invisible pistol that he shoots them with. Uh-huh. Probably would be very useful in the future. Hope it comes up a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Um, so, so I had a question about the invisible pistol. Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? Have we heard of this before? Just now? <laughs> did no. I completely miss something? We have never heard this of this before. But it must be like <laughs> miniaturized, like camouflage tech, like the the Quinjet and the planes have. Yeah, that that makes sense. I just. God, it's so weird, because we never hear about it again. It's just well, here. You know, you know what it is. They have those guns on them all the time. We could just never see them. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, May says that if she needs a gun, she'll just take it. But really, she always has at least two on her, just in case. Uh, <laughs> she just, you know, people don't usually see it. She just tries to hide it. Like, she'll take it out when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, no, I got this from that guy over there. Exactly, because she needs her badass persona um, confirmed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luckily, no one ever actually questions her and, and looks at the pistol because it has her name engraved in it and all <laughs> that stuff. Um, it has her shield employee ID engraved into all of the bullets. Um, I don't know why. It just that, that's It's actually it terrible. I mean, if you're a secret agent, you don't need your name or your employee ID number posted everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why she tries not to use it. That's fair. It's totally fair. Yeah. Um, I uh, my last note for this section is we get Death Hot Potato Part Five when <laughs> when Fitz gives Daisy the, the death jacket. <laughs> to be fair, she is like as soon as she sees it, she knows that's what's going on, right? She remembers. I think he puts it on her, and then she looks and remembers, or does she? Or does she remember when she sees a crucifix later? Um, I mean, he puts it on her, and I think they go into another room. And then that, when they're in that room, she, like, pulls the crucifix out of the, out of one of the pockets. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a hot potato thing. We didn't make fun of it. But it's a lot better than their original idea of having everyone have a jacket and everyone have a crucifix the whole time. That would have been just confusing. <laughs> That would have been. Then you'd just been like, ah, oh, that's that's not worth it. Ugh. Yeah. Anyone yeah. could die at any moment, like in every episode. Ha ha ha! Oh wait, oh, wait, shit. That's that, that means the end is uh, just not, or that that future vision means nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it means at least someone dies. So, if unless it's just, an, I have a theory for the whole time that it was just an empty jacket. So it was an empty jacket and a crucifix that they left on the plane that was just floating in there because there's an outer space. (laughs) 
that would have been uh, an easy way to force that to happen. I yep. mean, that's possible, right? She never actually saw a person. No, but but honestly, this was much much better ending. Much better. <laughs> uh, why you're not a fan of uh, Brett Dalton? No, I I love Brett Dalton. I love him all seventy three times he dies. But <laughs> there's one character who, spoiler alert, we have to mourn his death very briefly. All oh, oh yay, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we'll have to wait until he's gone. I, I think we'll we'll talk about that scene later. Okay. As excited as you are, I really am. We, we've got an order to go through, and I don't know why we go in order. Because if not, it's chaos. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. One of these days we'll try it backwards, and I feel like that will probably be chaos. Probably horrible for the notes. Yeah. Um. Never mind. When we get to Endgame, when we get to Endgame, we should cover it in chronological order. Like, real time. Like, they, when they time travel back to the 70s, we start in those scenes. No? Okay. No, I'm just thinking about that. Okay, so you got the 70s. Yeah. You've got the stuff that happens during the first Avengers movie. Yes. You've got the stuff that happens right after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the uh movie up until the f- time travel well yeah and, and then, then you've after got, the you've time got travel? i mean between that you've got 2013 asgard 2014 oh, yeah. morag and um Bormir. okay oh and you also have that one scene where uh, hawkeye was testing the time travel we have no yeah. idea where that happens but we'll just make an assumption mm, 2000 well i mean it's gotta be semi close well, it's yeah, twenty. Yeah. It's before twenty um, eighteen, so twenty seventeen. <laughs> okay, sounds yeah. good. We'll do it. So that'll just be after, after uh, um, the first Avengers movie before uh, before Infinity War stuff. Okay. No, after Morag. Oh yeah, that's right. After Morag. Oh, you would have to figure this out. Yeah. It seems too complicated, but that's future Alan Tony's problem. That's right. And those screw guys those guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, I I figure we're done with this um section because we've gone on another tangent. That's true. I went over my one note. Light <laughs> the invisible gun. All right. Um, the alpha primitives begin to infiltrate the base. They get into the armory through the vents. One of the primitives tries to shoot Mac and Yo-Yo. Takes the bullets. The primitives uh, take the base quickly, leaving the shieldies trapped to avoid them. So, we get, Radcliffe gives us a rundown of the Alpha Primitive's um, power, I guess powers. Mm-hmm. They have super strength, which we saw earlier when they snapped the um, the handcuffs. As I'm standing here in front of my microphone doing the motion for breaking handcuffs. Uh-huh, uh, we yeah. all imagined that. Thank you. Um, and then another one of their powers is poor eyesight. Um, <laughs> you, you gotta balance everything out. Yeah. Everyone has a strength and a weakness. Yeah. Um, and then their their memory, their um, they have memories of like tool usage, but no personality. Or memories of their regular life. Which is weirdly convenient. <laughs> and oddly specific. <laughs> yeah. I have. I guess. How does he know that already? Like. That's a good question. I, 
I mean, I guess they don't have any communi real communication skills. They can't speak. So how does he know they can't remember life? Or lives that they had before? Well, um... I mean, the only interaction we really see is when he's trying to fix the missile and he's asking if they have any engineering skills. But also, the, those three people just could have not had engineering skills. <laughs> that's true. He's just assuming everyone has engineering skills. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's the most basic skills, right? You can't get any more basic than that. Eh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and the last thing he says is um, they have, they're like all sway, all of um, Hive's sway and no independent thought at all. Uh -huh. um, spoilers, when Hive dies at the end of this episode... Uh, do, are there any surviving alpha primitives? And if they are, what do they do now? Like, how are they acting now? Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about that at all. Um, when we first see them a few episodes ago, um, when they were like converted in that like tanker container, whatever it was, um, they were all just kind of huddled into a corner in the dark. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't really moving or anything. So... I mean, maybe they just, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they just go back into a more primitive state and they're still alive. I would assume they're still alive. Uh, still stupid, probably. Um, yeah. But, uh, hmm. Probably angry, actually, because they no longer have their hive high. <laughs> we, we don't actually know what happens to anyone else because the only one was Daisy. And she was already, uh, um, what was it? Yeah, she was already de-swayed. So I guess thinking about the other Inhumans who were swayed, there's only the one, right? Mm -hmm. The guy whose name I can't remember. The not Meg, or not Meg, uh, not him. Uh, not, uh, Gambit. Yeah, not Gambit. He yeah. dies this episode, right? Does he? When? Um... Because Gaira dies. I mean, we just talked yeah, about yeah, him just being shot that. with the invisible pistol. But uh... um, I don't. Good question. Maybe he doesn't. No, I don't have a note saying he dies. I figured he died because I couldn't remember him <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, other than these little scenes at the beginning, the majority of the episode takes place in the plane, and we know that that guy is on the plane, uh, and you know the agents of Shield take over it, and uh, I think there's a fight scene with him at some point. Yeah, I, I honestly he, he don't fights remember. Lincoln. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm quickly looking it up. Uh huh. Cause uh, yeah, I. I don't think he died. Like, unless he gets hit by something at the end and we're supposed to assume he dies, because I don't think we ever actually see him again in the series. We do. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. One time. In oh, next okay. Season. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess he lives. Yeah. Um, I have one more note for this section. Uh -huh. Um, We learn here that... Just like everyone else, a speedster in the MCU's um, uh, kryptonite is bullets. Because this is the second super fast person to get shot 
by bullets that they should be able to outrun. <laughs> so my question was, what was her plan? Um, was she just there to take the bullet? Or was she going to try and catch it? I mean, I would think she'd try to catch it. But that's because okay. I think of Quicksilver and the X-Men. Where he can yeah, actually that's... do that. <laughs> that's true. Um, so I was I was kind of thinking about this. Like, she couldn't... I mean, I guess one action would have been she could have moved Mac with mm -hmm. him somewhere. Um, which would have worked, but she would have returned to her position. And got shot anyway. Which, exactly. So either way, she was getting shot. So, I guess... At least that plan would have made more sense. Yeah. <clears throat> or maybe she ran up. So this is like super slow-mo version of her. She ran up. She ran in front of him and was like, shit. And then ran back because she just got <laughs> shot. She just didn't think it through. That's a good point. Yeah. She, uh, I mean, they play, they play a little fast and loose with her powers. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes she's like definitely faster than other scenes. Um, but then again, the first, her first episode, they kind of explained that her, her speed is linked to her heartbeat, which we kind of <laughs> tore down pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Which again, how did they figure that out? But okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I got nothing now. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we got that figured out. Yeah. I'm just going to assume her plan, cause it was split second thinking was to just take the bullet. I think um, she ran up, and maybe she did move a couple of the bullets, but she only had the, what, quarter of a second or whatever. So she didn't have time to move all the bullets in time and then accidentally took the shots in the gut. Okay. That, that works, too. Yeah. I, I just don't want to think of Yo-Yo being that. She's not dumb because she saved someone's life, but she just didn't think it through. I'd rather her think it through and just fail in it than not think it through at all. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I mean, honestly, I, I think either way works for a character who's as new to this world as she is. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, more competency is better. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take that. But it doesn't matter how competent or incompetent she is because the same thing is happening. Um, Yo-Yo is bleeding out quickly, and Radcliffe has the idea to cauterize the wounds, which Mac does. While this is happening, uh, Simmons is almost captured in the furnace room by the Alpha Primitives, but because of the heat, they can't see her with their infrared vision. She turns the heat up in the entire base. While admiring Fitz's work, Radcliffe realizes what Simmons did and leaves the hiding place. So... Um, backfiring of having a very high metabolism is she's bleeding out very quickly. <laughs> yeah, that was bad for her. Um, so when uh, Radcliffe has the idea to cauterize the wound, Yo-Yo mm -hmm. um, says that she wants Mac to do it. D do you know why? Like, I, I couldn't think of a reason why. I feel like it's a sign of trust. Oh, okay. She yeah. trusts him over a doctor. <laughs> yeah well him <laughs> over a mad scientist alright I guess that's fair Okay, and all he's right. a mechanic and humans are pretty much machines alright alright I'm sure he's got some uh, um, what is it uh, decent uh, welding experience 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I was going to go with um, control of his hands, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking doctor, if they have to do like surgery, they have to like be really steady. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming with his work, he's probably has to be steady at sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's true. Welding experience. I'm sure he's got a good bit of that. I mean, he's used that welder way more times than most doctors have. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's a pretty big guy, so he can hold that pretty well if he's got to hold it, um, you know, for a while. Versus Radcliffe, I don't know how strong he is. I don't know if he's <laughs> going to slip and uh, just cauterize the other side of her also. Or when the f- flesh starts burning, he just goes, ew, 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 and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I find it odd that she's bleeding out because of the metabolism. Not that that's too unrealistic she just has very selective super speed she's not always going super fast yeah exactly um like they really didn't need to say that they could have just said yeah she's bleeding a lot because you know bullets (laughs) that's true (laughs) but people get shot all the time and they're usually fine if they get to the hospital within a couple of hours in in mcu not in real life also in real life also in real life so it's like they need to put up the pressure, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, it depends on where they were shot, but also it depends on if they were a named character or not. And that's true. She's a named character. Like, mm-hmm. if she was a red shirt, no, she'd be dead already. Well, but, uh, isn't she a red shirt now that the blood's soaking through? <laughs> well, yeah, but she doesn't get shot after that. It's true. It's true. Um, the only part I have for... The only other note I have for this section is about the infrared eyesight. Uh-huh. Um, of all the knowledge that Radcliffe suddenly has about these people that he's known for, like, two days, he didn't check to see how he saw, how they, how their vision worked? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said he, uh, all right, I can't remember. He said he had some theories. Maybe this is one, maybe he just now realized, oh, I guess this one is the more accurate theory. Yeah. I mean, but he didn't have, or he didn't make bring up that theory until he felt it was getting really hot. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's getting hot in her. Let's go to Coulson's office. I mean, that's obviously where you go yeah. at that time, right? I think it's the only place with a window, so if you want to get the heat, <laughs> you open that window, you let some heat out. Yeah. Um, so speaking of a window... Where where are they? I'm now I'm more confused because like a couple weeks ago or last week, um oh, what was his name? Um Talbot got into the playground by taking an elevator down? <laughs> yeah. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> I I was always under the impression that that made it seem like like the playground was underground. Uh, but then again, they they have some windows, so that that it was always just weird. And also a hanger. Um, for the yeah, that too. You're right. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not just an elevator. What 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 do you call something that goes side to side? Maybe it's also that. A walking sidewalk. Okay, maybe it's like a walking sidewalk that you sit on, because uh, speed <laughs> it needs to go fast, like a so, mile down the road. A Disneyland ride. <laughs> Yes. Okay. It's basically a Disneyland ride going from the bar, Bucks, into the playground. You think they were on that thing for like 
20 minutes as they're going miles and miles away. Maybe, yeah. I mean, we have no idea. Um, and I'm sure at some point it takes your picture. Uh, <laughs> it lets you out at the gift shop. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's why Shield has their logo on everything. Because you need oh, yeah, good branding yeah. if you have a gift shop. Well, yeah, duh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not... The layout of the base is very odd. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wish once we would see the outside of the base. <laughs> that that would be nice, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to assume that it goes, like, down really far, and then it goes off to the right for a long time, and then it goes up. And that's that's my assumption. Okay. I think that makes enough sense. It makes as much sense as anything in the show. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm moving on. I'm not even going <laughs> to ask you. Good. We're just going. Right. Perfect. The very short section. Uh, Earthbound, the Earthbound Shieldies reunite in Coulson's office. They escape into Quinjet, and Coulson tells the rest that he is going up to the Zephyr to take down Hive alone. So, uh, Coulson's got a new arm, or at least his arm's been updated. Uh-huh. Uh, it's based off of um, Anon, Anon's arm. Um, Radcliffe's assistant from that previous episode. Uh-huh. So he has apps now. So apparently he can call Quinjet Uber. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. It's cool. Yeah. Hopefully he still it, has it's a probably shield. Like, it's probably like a nice version of Quinjet Uber, too. Like, um, it's probably like the, the Quinjet Uber X only. Ah. Yeah, the, the nicer well, one. Well, you know, it's probably plain Uber, and Uber X calls a Quinjet. Oh, yeah, it's probably. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. And good thing he called it at, like, 2 in the afternoon, because if he had to get, like, the surge pricing at, like, 5 when everyone's getting off work, like, oh. Yeah. We don't know what day of the week it is. It's probably, like, a Friday, too. That's even worse. Everyone well, yeah. wants to go out. I mean, yeah. that's fair. Most other bases are under siege on, like, uh, Saturdays. So, luckily, they weren't on a surge day. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. They, they finally got lucky there. The <laughs> yeah. uh, so thinking about, he obviously, or I don't know if it's obvious, but I feel <laughs> like it's obvious that the Quinjet that he calls is automated, like to correspond with his arm. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, uh, in Star Wars, a lot of droids fly like the X-Wing and stuff without the pilot in it. Uh-huh. What's the point of pilots in these worlds? <laughs> um, in Star Wars, I have absolutely no idea. Okay. In here, I'm assuming that at least the technology is just good enough to do the basics. Like, it'll go to a point. It'll, like, open up. Maybe it's completely pre-programmed. Um, like, to go to his uh window and then like face away so that way people can get inside like maybe that's literally all it can do okay um and but, i'm just guessing yeah. yeah i mean they don't have jarvis level ai but jarvis level ai could definitely fly a plane by itself you think so i th- i think so okay i mean 
part of Jarvis is uh, Vision. So, I mean, there, there's that. But then again, he's also, like, a bunch of other stuff, too. Well, so. I mean, part of Vision yeah. is Jarvis. Uh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've always, I'm always confused, because Jarvis feels very sentient. But obviously it's, or I don't know if it's obvious, I keep saying obviously. <laughs> um, the Mind Stone is what gives Jarvis and Ultron, uh, not Jarvis, Vision and Ultron <laughs> their ascensions. Yes. So Jarvis wasn't sentient the whole time. He was just a really advanced soft AI or what? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd go with that. That's probably the, the best way to describe it. Yeah. If we were to just compare things, a, a, right? A Super Siri or Super Alexa. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's uh, it definitely has the best conversational AI stuff that we see, right? Like, right now, you know... Uh, you know, the Amazon Echoes or the Google Home, like, all those things. Like, you can talk to it, and it's cool if you want to, like, say something after it, like, for that same type of command. Like, it's cool when that works, and most of the time it doesn't. Yeah. So, like, at least Jarvis, you can, like, go back and forth, and Jarvis understands Stark's uh, sarcasm. Yeah. So. But the thing is, it also shoots back sarcasm at Stark. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, we also don't really know what the AI is meant to do. Because, I mean, even AI is like a targeted application, to, sort of. Um, like Stark said that Jarvis ran most of the business for mm -hmm. Stark Enterprise Industries. Industries. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe that was just a set of functions he added to it later on uh he may have never turned on the pilot uh, an airplane mode stuff well the pilot he did pilot an airplane he piloted yeah. the quinjet in age of ultron when they were leaving um the first mission oh that's right but that was more of an autopilot he didn't take off or land stark did that. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> okay and we have that technology now yeah you know what? It's so convenient that AI doesn't come up very often in the show. I hope it doesn't. We'll be on tangents all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would suck. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. On the Zephyr, James tries to convince Hive to tweak the inhuman formula. They find Gaia's body and realize that they are not alone on this island. I mean, on this plane. The Quinjet lands on the Zephyr, and Daisy realizes that this is the vision she had earlier in the season. Coulson confronts Hive face-to-face, -face, or so Hive thinks. He reveals that the S.H.I.E.L.D. team came aboard as well as that he is a hologram. <laughs> so, my first question is, do you think the sway is weakening on James? Because he's kind of questioning Hive. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Maybe he hmm. does need another dose. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe it's it's similar to uh, what was his name? Kilgrave. Uh, similar to Kilgrave in that, like, you know, instead of eight hours like Kilgrave, it's like you know a week or something. I don't know what what it is with high, but yeah, if if it's a high, then yeah, he just needs another hit. Yeah, that could be what's going on. Yeah. Um, I didn't really see that as him leaving the sway or being broken from it i i thought it was more like he just uh 
was also looking out for his own life while still sticking to the mission. Yeah. I mean, I was under the impression that you wouldn't look out for your own life because Daisy wouldn't have been willing to drain herself if she had the ability to look out for herself as well. Well, she was, but she was also convinced that doing that it succeeds or helps the mission succeed of more inhumans. Like okay. in uh, what's his name? James. Yeah. Not Gambit. Okay. Um, in, in James's case, James Taylor James. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in his case, if he dies, that doesn't like add to the mission. That's nothing, right? Like, if he lives, cool. If he dies, eh? Like he he's not really doing anything other than protecting that bomb at this point in time. So yeah, I, I think his mindset is, yeah, he he still is himself, just like. What Daisy said, right? Everyone's themselves, except for the part where they really, really want to help Hive. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, I just, I thought it was more like, you don't question him might have been part of the thing, but he's not really, he's kind of questioning him, but he still mm -hmm. wants to turn the people into humans. So I guess you're right. Yeah, that's true. Like he, he in the end, he still does exactly what Hive says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, moving on, they find out that the people, uh, the shieldies are on the jet, or at least the, the a quinjet has landed. Maybe they don't find out all the shieldies are there. But uh, hologram Colson and Hive have a conversation, and Hive reveals his true face, which we saw the back of his head once. Which is like squidly guy, not bad CG for uh, Marvel TV. Um, and if you squint really hard, he looks like he could almost be the Shield logo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. my question I had earlier was, if he can shape shift at will like this, or at least, yeah, I mean he's shape shifting. He's got Ward's face, and then he shows his true face. Why does he need Ward's body at all? Yeah, that's... Uh, that, yeah, that's a weird one. So, I mean, I'm making something up again to try and, you know, keep with the episode. Um, maybe he, like, needs part of the body for certain things, like... He still needs lungs for breathing. I actually don't know if he needs to breathe. <laughs> uh, he still needs a skeleton to stay upright he still needs a muscle structure to also hold himself up like maybe all of that stuff and then he adds to it yeah i i've got nothing i don't know uh does do, do you think maybe maybe the face that he shows like that's the parasites of him like changing to look like he does in his original form or something like that i mean and... i would that's where my mind went first but no. in theory when we see like his leg go limp as all the parasites leave his leg to form the face or stuff like that yeah that's true i imagine it being like stark's nanotech in infinity war where as he uses up more and more matter it starts protecting less and less of his body yeah hmm I mean, and yeah, that that would make way more sense. I just, hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because we've got three different versions of what he looks like. There's the body he takes over, mm-hmm. which looks like half dead because usually he's you know just taken over someone's life yep. or someone's body. There's this face that we just see, uh, Twitty, and we Twitty. don't know if there's yeah we, we don't know if there's more to it. Like, does he have squid hands too, or or what? Is it just the face? Uh, he, and he opens the shirt. I'm fishy. <laughs> He's got scales. Yep. Uh, there's and there's actually still a harpoon sticking through him from uh, that one time the guy missed Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so the third way that he looks is that little worm squid thing we saw in the mid season finale, right when it was. Oh yeah. Like tr- going from Will's body to Ward. That is true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I wonder if we got a microscope and we looked at the little hive bugs, mm-hmm. would they all have squiddly face like this one? And that's where he got the picture of? He's just a giant version of the little squiddlies or little bugs? <laughs> Maybe. That, that's, that is all of the bugs. And then they like make more of themselves once they get onto a host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would make sense i think that's our best thing <laughs> okay uh, it works for me canon done all right um so we get he finds out that colson is a hologram right right and uh, you know you could almost tell at least i could almost tell that colson wasn't there even before we find out it's a hologram yeah i was kind of thinking that too yeah um I could tell because he was acting cocky. He was acting like fun <laughs> Coulson that we haven't seen most of the season. Yeah, he has been very uh, angry Coulson yeah. all season. Yeah. Uh, he's very much like Stark that way. He's like, he only when he knows he has the upper hand does he start joking again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a little, it's safer for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one more note for this. Um, was Hive going to kill Coulson? Or was it like Coulson's already died once, so it's totally cool that she, he can just start possessing him? <laughs> uh, I assumed he was just going to kill him. I mean, he he joked about taking over the body. I don't actually know if he was going to, because I don't think Coulson would look as cool uh, dressed up like Neo. I don't know. I think he could pull that off. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I question it, but all my, right. My theory is that if anyone puts on that coat, they look really cool. <laughs> are you only saying this because you own one of those coats i plead the fifth okay yep i jump I around know. and i do <laughs> but if i did i totally wouldn't jump around my house uh doing superhero landings because that would be ridiculous <laughs> yeah that would be uh you jump superhero landing one jump again superhero landing two i, I don't do a superhero landing for every single uh, superhero landing in here, and that's totally why I'm t- keeping track. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I can't move on without mentioning the uh, the Star Wars reference of now that he's a hologram. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure. You know, like he said, he's always wanted to do that. I'm sure as soon as he uh, found out that's an option. He wanted to do it. I know. He may have already done it uh, in joking. <laughs> True. Um, I would prefer if... Uh, 
if uh, he started off the entire speech, he just goes up and like, I've always wanted to do this. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in the struggle against the Empire. And he just says the whole speech. <laughs> the entire thing. Uh, uh, that that would have been great, too. I mean, he didn't even uh, get through the whole uh, you're my only hope part. Like, he gets cut off on hope. It's true. Yeah. And as much as he says, I've always wanted to do this. As much as I love Star Wars, being a hologram and asking someone for help isn't my go-to thing if I were in a hologram. Well, my first thing would be wipe them out. All of them. <laughs> that's less iconic, but okay. That's yeah, I, I mean, also the Emperor is pretty evil. Hive would probably listen to him. But, I mean, I yeah. prefer... I prefer the Emperor gets cool lines. <laughs> that's true. He, he does. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, usually his lines are like three sentences or three words. Um, he gets like three sentences a movie, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So moving on, the Shieldies infiltrate the Zephyr. Lincoln briefly fights James and gets injured. Haha. <laughs> Daisy and Lincoln have a discussion about getting over addiction, and Coulson shares his plan to blow the Quinjet in space. Daisy plans to sacrifice herself to see the plan through. There are plenty of plans in this one. APs arrive, <laughs> and the team fights them to give Daisy time to get to the Quinjet. They do really well, but Hive escapes on the Quinjet without them. <gasps> so, um, I could I kind of rewound it like a few times, but I couldn't uh -huh. tell. What does James make explode on Lincoln? I assumed it was... Oh, no, you're right, because he... Oh, no, I assumed it was just, like, his clothes. Or something, right? Why Why not? Yeah, I thought it was something particularly on the belt, but I couldn't tell what it was. Oh, or I did not rewind, but I, I thought it was, like, just his side. Like, he just touched the jacket or the shirt he was wearing, like, on, on his ab or something, like the side of him. Okay. Could James, not that I would like to see this, which I would totally like to see that, could James have <laughs> touched Lincoln and just made Lincoln explode? Um, I don't know if he would be able to do it for all of his body, but maybe like a body part. Oh. Good. Good to know. Good <laughs> and, and to I'm, know. <laughs> and I say this assuming it's like a quick, just immediate touch. Like, Maybe if he held on for a while, he could have made the entire body blow up. I guess that would make sense. <laughs> I, I don't know. We never... I guess we never see him do that to a person, do we? No. I think it's a little too brutal for ABC. <laughs> <laughs> they have their limits. Yeah. Okay. Um, Shotgun X! <laughs> yeah! That finally shows up. Yep. Did we see, what, one, maybe two shots with it? <laughs> We've been building up the whole season and half of last season for this. <laughs> That's true. Um, you know, just seeing him hold it was cool enough, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. Oh, yeah. In, the, in an episode full of beautiful moments, like Squidly Face and Lincoln exploding. <laughs> yeah, right here too, and maybe later. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so the Alpha Primitives aren't great fighters. 
even um Fitz and Simmons beat one up. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to say, oh, that makes sense until you get to the the two non-combat characters beating them up. I guess. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's kind of like fighting strong zombies, right? Yeah. If you're only fighting one. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. They are strong, but as a human, you've got weapons. I don't remember what if Fitz and Simmons were using weapons. I assume they were. Well, also, the primitives can use weapons. That's one of their powers. Yeah. <laughs> Yo-Yo shot, got shot by him. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I guess I assume that they couldn't, they wouldn't really remember in the middle of combat. Like their their immediate idea is to just punch. That's fair. Like if they're cornered, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think saw, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw Fitz and Simmons being one up. It's like, oh, well, that's disappointing. They're not that big. <laughs> they're not that big a deal. Now I I don't remember. Did the two of them beat one up, or yes. did they each beat up their own? They they be they both teamed up on one, which is technically cheating. But <laughs> I think it's even at that point. Yes, they both have shield clearance or like shield training to be able to go into the field, um, and they've probably been on more combat missions than any other shield scientist uh, who's ever done anything. Um, Except maybe a few Hydra ones here and there, but they probably still stayed in the back. Uh, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. You've got two on one, but that one has, you know, it's, it's stronger. So I, I think it's fair. I mm-hmm. think it worked out. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, FYI, in case we have a sponsorship, we have three more storylines. I was going to stop us oh, uh, just okay. for the next one. I don't I don't um, want to, like, take the people's money and not to... Um, hear their advertisement yeah don't worry a sponsorship is coming right up so let me know when we're moving on to the next uh to the next section of the episode I'm, I'm ready to move on if you are yeah and i think now is probably a good time to uh take a quick break well cool so yeah yeah so uh we're actually going to do something a little bit different you know we're we're a podcast we've been around for a while now mm-hmm. we've been um uh oh got uh, two and a half years at this point um a little over two and a half i think by the time this episode actually comes out mm-hmm um so you know we've we've just been doing like the manual work of going out finding an ad sponsor um convincing them to give us money and we read something for them on air uh so we're gonna experiment right now um so you probably are used to like maybe other podcasts where they like just say we're going on a break and then they hit a button and then like some random ad that has nothing to do with the show gets automatically injected in there um so we're gonna try that so um we'll take a break uh, Tony, you and I will go off, do something, we'll come back, and then um, we'll be good. Okay. <clears throat> and we'll go. And we're back. All right. Uh, Tony, what did you do during uh, your break time? Um, I uh, did all ten frames of bowling. Went down to the bowling alley. No. Played a quick game. Oh, nice. Man, you are you are efficient with bowling, I gotta say. <laughs> well, I, if, you, uh, if you throw 20 uh, um, bowling balls at the same time, it goes really quickly. Also, you oh. get kicked out very fast of that bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they start looking at you when they realize you're amassing 20 bowling balls, just in general. But, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why does he have a pile? Okay. They were, more impressed, a they were more impressed that I could carry the entire pile. <laughs> That is impressive. Man, you really are working out a lot. Okay. What did you do? Uh, I ate a sandwich. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, mm. Nothing nothing special. Mm. Um, I was a little worried I wouldn't have enough time, so I didn't put, like, you know, some sort of sauce, like mayo or mustard, like I usually do. So uh, it was very dry. Uh, that was a mistake. Yeah. yeah well, next time I'll take the time for it. I'm glad. I hope you guys all enjoyed that message. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <clears throat> In a twist... Lincoln is already in the Quinjet, and he shorts out the controls before it launches with Hive inside. Lincoln and Daisy have a final conversation over the radio before he and Hive fly into space and accept the inevitable. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yay. The inevitable. All right. (laughs) We get the sixth and final death hot potato. When Lincoln steals the necklace for reasons, uh-huh. <laughs> probably because he knew the prophecy. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's easier to just convince Daisy. Like, eh, I've got the jacket on, I've got the thing, like, just just let me die, it's cool, you'll live. Because at that point, she was assuming she was going to be the one to die, so he was trying to save her also. Mm-hmm. So, alright. Yeah. Um... This scene uh, mirrors uh, Peggy and Cap's final conversation uh, in the, the first Avenger, where they're talking and having a heartbreaking conversation. Well, heartbreaking if you care about Lincoln conversation. <laughs> um, uh, and then it also brings the question, the same question that we all have for Cap. Why did he have to be in there? Couldn't he have just shocked <laughs> in, closed the door, and let Hive fly away? Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Much like Cap could have like just put it on autopilot or put it going down and then jumped out of the plane. Yeah, probably. Did you see that deleted scene from Endgame? No. Um, there's a scene when they're going over like uh where all the Infinity Stones are in history. Uh huh. And Rhodey turns to Cap and goes, "So yeah, why didn't you just put on autopilot and like jump out of the plane?" And Cap just stands there looking stupid and embarrassed. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't put it in because it made Cap look really stupid. But it's oh, yeah. like, it was a funny scene. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I guess it would make sense. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think he probably just didn't have a parachute. I don't know. <laughs> I would take that as a good answer. Well, okay, well, they're over the Arctic, so it's a little different. But in Winter Soldier, he jumps out of the plane without a parachute. Yeah, but he lands in water. In the Arctic, he might land in ice. Or on a polar bear. On ice. What was that? Or on a polar bear. Yeah, or that. Yeah. That would be mean. Polar bear didn't do anything to him. I know. <laughs> well, if he survived a polar bear. <laughs> Captain America versus a polar bear. <laughs> uh, so, Tony, are you saying that we're going to see Lincoln again in the future? Um, I do not think so, uh, because this is the greatest day in all of S.H.I.E.L.D., the death of Lincoln Fitzgerald Campbell. Yes, I looked <laughs> up his last name, and yes, I made up his middle name. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be Fitz. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Um, so, and also, also, Ward dies a second time. Yay! Yay! What do you think of the death of these two important characters? Like, how do you think uh, it was handled? 
I, I mean, I yeah, I, I thought it was handled well. Um, I it it's interesting um, on the the ward side of things because yeah, he's a different character. He's Hive. Um, I, on one hand, I, I I liked you know evil ward being around doing stuff like it. I wouldn't have minded if he just stuck around and someone else was Hive. And Ward just kind of showed up every so often. And they, like, actually got justice on him eventually. Like, him specifically. Instead of killing him. And then the body was around for a while. Doing so. It just, it, that part felt weird. Yeah. Uh, but as far as, like, an actual, like, ending goodbye to these two characters, uh, I liked it. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, I guess. Yeah. I thought it was... It was good. I mean, I feel... Yeah, they went through a lot of crap through the season, but I feel like Hive was kind of disp- for being this Hydra god, he was disposed of kind of easily. Yeah, all it took was a a nuke. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a nuke. Um, because they wouldn't nuke all these people they want to turn into inhumans. But well, I mean, it was more of a, it was a trick. It was the the trick. That got me. Wait, oh, wait. okay. Yeah. yeah. There's like, haha, the door's closed. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's like a cool way to, to beat the big bat, right? Like, you know you're not going to beat him by fighting, which mm-hmm. we've seen multiple times. He can't be shot. He can't be stabbed. Um, so they had to uh, outsmart him. Yeah. And, yeah. You think he'd come back later, like re- rejoin his little buggies in outer space and then come back to Earth? Yeah, that was kind of one of those things. Like, I, I guess. I, I mean, at I mean, least they're not tardigrades. They can't survive in space, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, he survived on that other alien planet for uh, hundreds of years. Yeah, but there was air there. Yeah, that's true. And all water. Right. I guess he. I guess all he needs is air. We don't know if he needs water. Or no, we don't food. know that. Yeah. Well, he needs food. Just to regenerate, like humans that he ate. Okay, yeah. but he only gets them like once every so many years, right? Yeah. Well, like yeah, that's true. I was thinking more humans he used to regenerate. Um, when he came back as Ward with the crushed chest. Yeah, that's true. When he when he had a uh, Gaira get him like a a group of people and he mm-hmm. absorbed them and he got yeah. all gooey. Yeah, right. yeah, that was yeah. weird too. Yeah. So this is one of those scenarios where uh, I, I kind of think, like, why can't they call in the Avengers? Like, Hive is a world-ending entity. True. Uh, this seems like one of those things where they definitely should call in someone else to help who, yeah. who has some powers. And I know that um, Civil War just happened, so maybe calling them wouldn't have been the best. But, uh, you know, Iron Man would probably be mm-hmm. up to help, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, pretty um, much the Avengers consists of Iron Man and the Vision. Yeah. but yeah. Either one of them would have been incredibly helpful it's in this true. scenario. Yeah. It's true. Just, just one. <laughs> Both would be great, but, like, th- this is one of those times where, like, from a storyline perspective, it felt like they could have at least made that phone call. Yeah. I mean... That's one of the very few things that the CW DC shows have over this. Is if Green Arrow is having trouble fighting with someone, they have no problem calling in the Flash. <laughs> yeah, but usually that's only for like a scene, and then he's like, "Hey, 
you're welcome, and then the Flash leaves. Yeah, which I honestly appreciate sometimes. That, no, that's true. I, I agree with that. I, that's, like, super cool that yeah. they get to do that. So, yeah. Anyway, Lincoln's uh-huh. dead. <laughs> Hallelujah! The yeah. big bad of season two and three. Lincoln is gone. He wasn't just and a, fireworks he, too. And fireworks. Yeah, they're all celebrating as much as I am. I mean, maybe not Daisy, or the rest of the Shieldies, or anyone <laughs> else, but me. I saw fireworks. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Unless uh-huh. there's anything else for this section you want to talk about. No, I think we're good. We we said the big thing. Lincoln right. died in that scene. Yeah. All right. Flash forward six months. Quake has destroyed a bridge near San Francisco and a bank in L.A. Agent Coulson and Mac are on her trail. He is watching a mother and daughter as Daisy approaches. She gives him a carved robin. When they spot her, Daisy uses her Quake powers to jump away, evading Mac and Coulson. They say they have to call the new directum and le- director and let him know what happens. So, I paused it and I read the articles uh, that they uh-huh. have. Um, did you do that? Um, I don't think I did. I thought maybe I like I probably paused it at one point, skimmed it, and didn't think anything happened. So yeah, probably yeah. Is this like um Quake? And I think this is the first time they call her Quake, in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Quake killed somebody in San Francisco with that bridge collapse. Oh. Yeah. Which is okay. like, I was surprised. It said yeah. one one death, one death of the bridge collapse caused by Quake. Huh. Yeah. Well, we'll have to look out for that next season, because I mean, I I assume I remember a little bit, and I think they go into it a little bit more about what she's been doing the past six months or during that six month time. Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember Tony if they if they do actually go into that or not? Or... I remember they there's more of her on the run, but I don't mm-hmm. know how much details they have like what happens between the time jumps. Gotcha. Okay. Eh. All right. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, Coulson. In this season, Coulson was head of shield when Hydra went down, and destroyed Hive, who almost destroyed the world. So apparently he got demoted because he's no longer director. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, if I remember correctly, next season they they go into detail a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, so we, at least we, we get a good that. reason. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's like a a really weird, um, random thing. And he's he's not like just demoted to like you know sub director or anything. He he's kind of just back to normal field agent. Mm-hmm. Like he went really far down. Yeah. Although, from what we've seen, there is no level between a like. There's only one level between agent and director, because that's where he got directly from. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> he was an agent, became director. Mm-hmm. Now he's back down to agent. And... Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, the only other I director mean... we've ever seen was uh, Coulson, or not Coulson, was Fury. That's true. And then Fury, the only other time we've seen Fury before this was Captain Marvel, where he's just an agent. Probably got That's true. directly um directly promoted. Uh to be fair, there might be a third level, uh red shirt, but I'm I'm not too well, sure. I mean that's below, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, of course. You yeah. don't even get a name before that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 
Um, we also see that he's giving the Robin to the daughter of Charles Hinton, who was the guy who could see the future in space-time. Um, why this character is so important, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I was... they become important. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I do know that they become important in mm-hmm. a later season. Oh, yeah. Don't remember if that happens during this next season, in season four. Um... I don't think so. I'm okay. trying to think what happens in. Oh yeah, that's season. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, that sounds sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so I have a question. Season oh. four is wonky. It's my favorite season, but it has a lot of confusing <laughs> stuff in it. But what are you gonna say? Yeah, it yeah it gets weird. Um, so I I did have one question about Daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, as she's leaving, she uses her her uh, quake powers to spring away. From the danger, mm-hmm, like um, you do. Yep. So, do you think she did a superhero landing? Like we don't see her, so I'm assuming it doesn't count. Do you think she did one? It depends how often she's done this. She could have done a superhero landing. She also could have fallen straight on her face, and that's why they didn't show the landing. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. I assume she's gotten some practice with with doing that. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm sure she. Did. I'm not counting it, but I'm sure she okay. got a superhero landing over there. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, one last little bit is um, he said she says she's around the corner from a guy who like likes animals or works with animals. She's literally ending this season where she ended last season around the corner from her dad's veterinary um, office. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't think about that. All right, completely missed that line. Yeah. Alright, so we're moving on to our last section of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a very long time. Alright. In a post-S.H.I.E.L.D. logo scene, Radcliffe talks to his AI named Ada. His uh, name has been cleared of all charges, and he is celebrating Ada's birthday. So, I mean, we get the first hint of an LMD, a life model decoy, since the Avengers. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so... Yep, it's a post credit scene very similar to what they do in the movies, where it's actually hinting at what's happening next season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he also uh, references, or he mentions that the LMD is an old S.H.I.E.L.D. project. So it has been around for some time. So that's that's just good to know, because like, other than this, the only other time we hear about LMDs was that one line that uh, Stark had. I wonder if Howard was one of the people spearheading that before it got mothballed. And that's why oh, Tony maybe. knows about it. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Because it's in the comics, uh, LMDs were used frequently by Nick Fury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if, like, sometime in the past of the MCU, Nick Fury, there are a bunch of LMDs of Nick Fury instead of scrolls. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right, and then we've got something to look forward to in... A long time. Yeah, uh, so we will be uh, going on to other things in the meantime. Uh, next week, everyone, we're going to start uh, back on uh, Daredevil Season 2. Uh, then we've got a couple of other things after that. Um, oh, sorry, just one thing. So after Daredevil, then we'll move on to Season 1 of Luke Cage. 
and then we'll be back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So if you um, aren't the big fans of either of those two Netflix shows and you just want to wait until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 4 mm-hmm. will be coming back September 21st of this year, of 2020. Yeah. So just a few months. Um, well, just a few months. That's actually six months of other stuff because that's 26 weeks of <laughs> <laughs> um, Daredevil and Luke Cage. Just a few short months, meaning half a year. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, but before we sign off, uh, we've got a few things to rank, or rate. Mm-hmm. So let's rate this episode first. Um, how many Quinjet explosions would you give this episode, Al? <laughs> um, I, I, you know, honestly, as a single episode, I'm going to give it probably three and a half. Like, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, if I... I have to say, if I watch this in conjunction with last week's episode, like as it aired, because mm-hmm. when it was on TV, it was a two-parter, um, I probably would have liked them more co- cohesively, but just this one on its own. Um, I, something about it, like it, it felt like it, uh, and, and I don't know if it's because I already knew where it was going, and so some of the things that were surprising didn't grab me as much. But uh, uh, yeah, I uh, even though I did enjoy it, I'm still giving it a low score, three and a half. That's fair. I mean, I'm two minds, of course. Um, if it was just Blinken's death, it would be a perfect five-star, because it's, it's wonderful. Uh-huh. Of course. Um, but I'll give it a little higher than you. I agree with you on most things, but Blinken's death does push it up to a four for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. just purely personal. Okay. And then um, the season as a whole, all 22 episodes, um, 25 weeks, and then three of those weeks being Civil War. Um, what, how many of Hive's tentacles would you give the season? Um, so before I say that number, are we assuming Hive has ten tentacles? Or are there more or less? Yeah, because if they had fewer than that, they'd be like five tentacles. There's ten of them. That's why they're called tentacles. Seriously? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. You had me there. I thought that's what that meant. (laughs) But it makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Yes, it does. Um, you know, it would probably be something a bit more uh, scientific. Like, what's the, what's 10? Like, deca? So yeah. De- decacles? Deca- anyway, tentacles. Um, so, uh, overall for the season, so I'm trying to think back, like, how the season started. Um, you know, we, we had so much stuff that we, like, just forgot about. Like, we kept saying every yeah. week, oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about Rosalind. I forgot about all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I think the season, the first half of it, was really strong like i i loved it it was great we had ward doing stuff yeah um we had uh um i already forgot their names bobby you know those hunter. two agents who yep bobby and hunter <laughs> they were around they were fun yeah um like that the first half uh solid i'd give it like a nine okay. eight and a half to nine second half honestly i'm gonna i'm gonna drop it a few um actually you know probably a second uh, the third quarter, like this, this most recent handful of episodes, mm-hmm. um, while they were fun, it just felt—I don't know—something about it felt like because we had the big bad and it had, you know, the, there was a plan and all that stuff. It just—it didn't feel. Um, uh, I don't. I really don't know how to describe it. Uh, basically, overall, I'm going to give it season-wise an eight. An eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm going to give it a seven. I actually. The second half, except for a few cool scenes and a few a few good episodes, like I love space time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
in general, I didn't find it as compelling as the first half. I agree with you. I think the biggest problem the S.H.I.E.L.D. has in general is when they focus on the Inhumans as their big bad, I think they lose a lot of, I don't know if it's momentum or focus or whatever. But I oh, feel like a... It's, mm-hmm. it's a big weakness of theirs when the second half of season two and the second half of this season, when they're focusing on Inhumans, is weaker than when they're focusing on Hydra or any other weird stuff that could go on. That's a good point. It's like a, it's like, um, uh, you know, when you have a supervillain who's like just strong, like they're just evil kind of a thing. That's that was mostly Hive's thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other than every so often, he had a few powers that were annoying. They couldn't use the icers. They uh, he was taking over the minds of uh, of Inhumans. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Like um the i've already i always forget his name the dark elf in uh, thor the dark world Malekith. he was yeah malekith he was just a bad guy he was strong that was kind of it like yeah all right yeah yeah all right cool all right. um well i guess we've wrapped that up are you do you have anything else or are you no ready i'm for me to i'm good read to go the script all right, awesome. All right, everyone, uh, join us next week when we will start talking about uh, season two, episode one of Daredevil, the fun Netflix show. Um, and uh, until then, also please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MC uh, underscore Rewind, and pretty, 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 please give us a rating on whatever you use to rate things. Uh, you know, we're always over here, hands and knees, like begging you to give us a rating. <laughs> Uh, I would add, th- add a rating or two there, but that just feels like cheating. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's anything you don't like, actually tell us. Like, we, we are here to listen to that. So um, tell us, uh, preferably tell us that one on Twitter, not in the uh, rating, because I assume you'll give us lowers, lower yeah. scores for also, that. Also, um, if another thing you can do to help the podcast, tell other people. Tell any of your friends who like Marvel. Maybe yeah, who exactly. haven't given these TV shows a chance. Follow exactly. along. Yeah, they're great shows, um, most of them. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, this has been the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, signing off. Have a marvelous day. Cloud silver lining, flying high and far.